Lord, we thank you so much for this time you've given us today. Lord, this chance to come together, to worship you, to fellowship, Lord, just to, just to be in your presence. Lord, we pray that it would continue this morning. Lord, we would just continue to feel your presence in our lives, in this service, Lord, that you would bring peace and comfort. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your message this morning, Lord, that you would speak it through me, that it wouldn't be my words but yours, not my thoughts but yours. Lord, we thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you guys want to bring up the PowerPoint... Awesome. If you'll remember last week, we spoke on seed time and harvest. Um, I'm not going to do the message from uh, last week, but I do want to talk about a few takeaways. We dug into the parable uh, that's found in Mark chapter 4. And remember the takeaways from that parable were this. Uh, First, you can't expect a harvest if you never sow a seed. Amen? Doug, you can't expect a harvest if you never sow a seed, right? What do you, what do you get if you, don't, if you don't sow seed? You just get weeds, right? And then, of course, using Jesus as our ultimate example, we need to share the word in ways that people are able to grasp it. We need to share the word that Jesus used parables. We can't remember that, what, what was the language? What was it called? Christianese. How many know some Christianese where you, you, you talk to people and they don't quite understand what you're saying? Jeff, do you know what I'm talking about? Are you washed in the blood, Jeff? Yeah, nobody knows what that means unless you're inside the church, right? Well, are you in your word today, Jeff? No. no who knows what that means? I know what it means. You know what it means. But people outside of here probably don't know what it means. And I'm sorry, if somebody asks me if I'm washed in the blood, I'm going to have a weird picture going through my head. But that's why we have to bring it down to their, their, what they can understand, what they can grasp, right? And that's what Jesus did with the parables. We have to use him as our example. They were godly principles put in terms that they could understand. And then, of course, the last one was that the sower sows the word. That the sower sows the word. The parable in Mark 4 ends with... The, the farmer sows the word, or the sower sows the word. It's our responsibility to sow the seed, and it's God's responsibility to bring the growth. Amen? It's our responsibility to sow the seed. Well, I don't like that ground. That's what people say. I don't, that, that's just hard ground. You've heard it said this way, I, I, you know, well, you know, they're just not going to receive it. They're just, you know, I, I would talk to them about the gospel. I would talk to them about my faith. But, you know, they're just not going to receive it. There was a guy named Nicky Cruz. I think people, most people know this story. And a young preacher by the name of David Wilkerson went and spoke to him. Nicky Cruz was said to be the seed of Satan, the offspring of the devil. He was a gang leader. And from the outside, looked like there was no hope of him ever accepting Christ in any way, shape, or form. But David Wilkerson spread the seed. Amen? Nicky Cruz not only got radically saved, radically changed his life, went on to become 
uh, minister himself and is as spreading the seed himself from what was given to him before. Never say, I, it's not our job to judge the ground. Amen? It's our job to sow the seed. Right? It's God's job to bring the growth, but it's our job to sow the seed. So we focused on the sower last week. We focused on seed time and harvest. It's a good message. I, I liked it. I did. I thought, man, it's challenged me. But this, this week, I want to talk about this message. Seed, time, and harvest. You say, hold on a second. Isn't that the same message? No, it's not. I want to talk about seed, time, and harvest. And I, I want to focus specifically on that word, time. Because we have to sow the seed, but there's a, a part of the process that is probably the toughest for us. You see, they're sowing the seed. How, how many Christians like sowing the seed? Sowing your word. Spreading the word. Spreading the gospel. You like to sow the seed. We like that, right? I think God loves that too. And then we talk about collecting the harvest. How many know that it's a good thing to collect the harvest? Doug, you like collecting the harvest? Dale, you're up there. You like collecting the harvest? All the work, all the work you've done, you've prepared the ground, you watered it, you made sure there was no bugs and weeds in it, right? Right? Yeah. And then it came down and you, you get the harvest. And we love getting the harvest. In fact, God loves getting the harvest too, doesn't he? The Bible says this, that the angels rejoice when a sinner comes to know the Lord. That the angels rejoice when a sinner comes to know the Lord. Did you know that, you, that when you made a decision to follow Christ, when you made that decision, when you repented of your sins, when you, when you set your feet on a path of righteousness, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just a, you know what they call that? They call that a golf clap. You know what a golf clap is? Just, oh, oh, he made it in the hole. Oh, good for him. No, there was a, hallelujah! There was a rejoicing in heaven when Doug was in his sin. What's up with Doug? I'm going to pick someone else. When Gary was in his sin, don't pick on you. I'm not going to pick on you. This is a good thing. When Gary was in his sin, one day he came to a realization. One day he came to a place of repentance and accepted Christ into his life. And when he did, it was no small thing, right? It was no small thing. It was no like, well, good for you, Gary. Hallelujah. No. <laughs> I want you all to do me a favor. Everybody stand. We're going to act like the angels this morning. All right? When Gary came to know the Lord, it wasn't just, a, well, you know, hallelujah. I, I want to hear. What was it, when Gary came to know the Lord, what was that sound? Hey, when you came to know the Lord, what was that sound? There was a rejoicing in heaven. Amen? It wasn't just a golf clap. It was a loud, exuberant, boisterous celebration. Why? Because you went from death to life. 
How many, get excited about that this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for participating. <laughs> when you, there is a rejoicing celebration. Man, I love that. I love that. God loves to see the harvest, and so do we, right? I love that. But in between sowing the seed and reaping the harvest, there's this annoying little thing called time. Time. <laughs> How many know that patience is not always our strong suit? I hate to wait. I just had my kids yesterday say, I wish it was the end of October. What? I don't want to do trunk, maybe trunk or tree. I wish it was Christmas already. I know what it's like as a kid. You can't wait for anything, right? I can't wait. We live in an era right now of like instant gratification, right? Instant gratification, instant answers. Well, Doug, I got a question for you. Doug, if you don't know the answer to this question, what are you going to do? Google it. Good answer. I'm just going to Google it. Instant answers, instant gratification, right? There was a study done. Doug better hide next week. <laughs> I'm just using him. There was a study done of 6.7 million internet users. 6.7 million. And the study was done for, to determine this. How long would they wait for a video to start up before moving on? So, <laughs> how long, 6.7 million internet users, how long would they wait for a video to start up? Five seconds? Somebody, somebody asked, said 10 minutes. I said, well, are you kidding me? <laughs> 10 minutes, what are you, dial up? What's going on here? The average was two seconds. Two seconds. They found if, if, if anybody had to wait 10 seconds, they were gone. Two seconds. <laughs> you ever see that stupid little, uh, you're waiting for a video and all of a sudden this thing starts going around? And you go, man, forget that. On to the next one. Forget that, right? We want it now, right? There was a message given to us in 1989 by Freddie Mercury, the band Queen, right? It said, I want it all. Nobody else gets this joke. I want it now. Remember the song? Somebody sing it. How, how, many, how many know the, Dave, I know you know it. All right. <laughs> I want it all, and I want it now. This is like what we, we this is us. Remember dial-up? How many had dial-up? Remember that? You click on it. Whatever the noise was. All of a sudden, it would ring, and then you're connected. Yes. You've got mail. It was fantastic. But guess what? I don't want dial-up. I'm not going back to dial-up, by the way. I know we're trying to cut costs and stuff, but we're not doing that. We're not going back to dial-up. How many remember now? I'm not picking on anyone. But how many? 
I'm not even going to ask like specific people. How many remember when the microwave first came out? Okay, you raised your hand, so now I can pick on you. Doreen, how many, you remember when the microwave first came out? Do you remember when you first got a microwave? 1973. Magic, right? No more slow-cooked hot dogs, just magic, right? What's that? There you go. We don't like to wait. No more, you know, we live in this day of instant gratification, right? We don't want to wait. And I wonder, we were just talking, how many times does God just want us to slow down? How many times does God just want us to... Isaiah 26 and verse 8 says this. Yes, Lord. Walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. We wait for you. We wait for you. I I just sang the song a little bit earlier. I will wait for you, Jesus. It's so difficult for us to wait for him, isn't it? This is... is, uh, Please hear my heart here. This is why we lack in prayer. This is one of the reasons we lack in prayer. This is one of the reasons we lack in our Bible time. Why? Because it requires patience. I will wait for you, Jesus. You're the sun in my horizon. You sit and just, all my hopes in you. Jesus, I can see you now arising. How many times does God just want us to stop and slow down? Just be with him. Let Give him time to speak to you. Give him time to minister to you. Because here's what happens. All right, Lord, you know, I'm here for my quiet time. Hallelujah. Here for my quiet time. Open up my Bible. All right, Lord, speak to me. Nothing? No? Lord, I'm here. Speak to me, Lord. Nothing? Okay, well, maybe tomorrow. We get so hurried in our lives. We get so hurried with everything around us that God just wants us to stop. Amen? I used to hate that song, by the way. (laughs) I used to hate it. I love it now, but I used to hate that song. I don't want to wait for God. I want him now. Right? I don't want to wait for him. I I don't want to wait for Jesus. Jesus is right there. You can just touch him. Right? I don't want to wait for him. But if we don't get an immediate response, we just move on. See, reading your Bible, spending time with his holy presence, it takes time. We have to understand that between planting the seed and receiving the harvest, there is this waiting period. Right? We planted the seed. Doug, you planted the seed. Let me pick someone. Dale, you planted the seed. 
You're waiting for the harvest. And what do you do in between the planting of the seed and waiting for the harvest? What, what do you do until the harvest comes? What do, you, what, do, what do you do, Doug? Take care of the crop. How do you do that? Keep the weeds away. Spray it, fertilize it. Water it. If it needs to water, you know. Pray over it. There you go. What do we do while we are waiting for the harvest? In between, in between the seed and the harvest, there's this little thing called time. So what do we do during that time? The first one is this. We water the seed. Amen? How do you water the seed? Pray over it. Have patience over it. You keep praying over it. Paul is speaking to the Romans about Jews who haven't received Christ in the book of Romans, and he says this in chapter 10. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for the Israelites is that they may be saved. My heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. We're not just hoping for it. Not just crossing my fingers for it. Well, you know, I hope they get saved, you know. My heart's desire and prayer to God. I'm putting my faith to action with prayer. I'm putting my faith to action. We're not just, well, you know, you know, if they get saved, they get saved. And if they don't, they don't. No, I'm putting my faith to action and praying for their salvation. How many know, how many know somebody you're praying that they would come to Christ right now? How many know somebody in your life you're praying, God, I pray that they would come to Christ. I'm putting faith into action with my prayer. Are you praying for the lost people in your life? Now, the first question would actually be this. Have you sown the seed to people around your life? And then once you sow that seed, are you praying over that seed? My grandfather was not a righteous man. He was not what you would call a good Christian. In fact, you wouldn't even call him a Christian. Uh, but he had a righteous, godly woman praying for him in my grandmother. She had planted that seed. She watered it with prayer. But for years, it had no effect. Seemingly. And I wonder how often in her prayers that she just got tired of it. I wonder how often she just said, you know what, I'm just, I've done everything I can do, God. I wonder how often she just kind of threw in the towel a little bit. Now I know my grandma, she would have picked it back up again. I wonder if she ever felt that her prayers were useless. How, how many ever felt like that? I felt like that. I'm not, I'm, you feel like it's just useless. I remember years ago, I was in college, and my brother, I have a large family. I have, there's nine kids in my family. Um, there's a, I have five brothers and three sisters. And my, one of my brothers was really on my heart. And uh, he didn't know the Lord, or at least he seemingly didn't know the Lord. He wasn't living a lifestyle as if he knew the Lord. And I remember there was just a, a tremendous burden on my life for him. Just a tremendous burden. 
And I remember going out to the baseball field behind the dorms where nobody was and just crying out to God, God, please bring him to a place of salvation. Crying my eyes out, sorrow filling my heart. Just, just God, if there's anything that can be done, how many know what it's like to pray for someone you love and just feel like God just do something in their life? Pray for them. Keep praying. My grandmother kept praying. She kept watering. She kept praying. She kept watering. There's no change. She kept praying. She kept watering. You don't understand. The ground just seems hard. She kept praying. She kept watering. It had to be 30 years. I could be wrong on the number, but it had to be a long time. But she kept watering. And she kept praying. My grandfather got sick and was on his deathbed. And 88 minutes before he passed, he called my grandmother over and said, I need the salvation you've always been talking about. I need the salvation you've always been talking about. I'm telling you, keep watering, keep praying. I'm telling you, keep watering, keep praying. It leads us to the second point. What to do while you're waiting. You say, well, wait a second, Pastor David. I mean, that was like a deathbed confession. Does that count? I would ask the thief on the cross that question. Just moments before he went, and Jesus said, you'll be with me today. I love that. Point number two, what to do while you're waiting. Have faith in the principles that God has set up. See, God is the one who established the principles of seed, time, and harvest. Amen? God established those principles. In Mark chapter 4, verse 30 through 32, it says this. Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and birds can make nests in its shade. Growth will come, but when? That's the question. When? Growth will come. God has set up seed time and harvest, right? That's the principle that God has set up. Growth will come. But when? And that's the question. We want to see growth now. I mean, if we don't see it now, when's it going to happen? We want it now. I got some bad news for you. You might plant the seed and never see the growth. You might plant the seed and never see the growth. It doesn't mean it's not going to grow. It doesn't mean it's not going to grow. It just means that you may not be around to see the growth. John chapter 4, verse 37 and 38 says this. For the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you reap the benefits of their labor. 
You see, somebody else sowed the seed. You, 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 know, you know somebody at work? Sal. I'm going to pick on you a little. <laughs> He's hiding. Sal, Sal knows somebody at work or at school, and, and he befriends them, and they start to talk, and they start to talk about faith. And Sal has an opportunity to lead him to Christ. Amen, right? Guess what? There's a good chance Sal didn't sow that seed. There's a good chance somebody years earlier sowed that seed, watered that seed, but Sal came along at the right time to reap that harvest. Amen? I want to be in that place. I want to reap the harvest. I want people to come to salvation through this ministry. Amen? But I know that there's other people that have sowed the seed. It is true that one sows and another reaps. One sows and another reaps. You might be the one that planted the seed, you watered the seed, you cleared away the weeds. But when the harvest comes, somebody else is taking it in. And sometimes in our, you know, we, we have to take the opportunities every time to sow seed. We do. But we also have to realize that, that when somebody comes to Christ, it likely wasn't because of us. It likely was because somebody else planted the seed. Somebody else prayed over the seed. Somebody else watered the seed. You may have said a prayer with the person, but what you didn't see, you said a, say a prayer, you, Sal says a prayer with somebody, and, and they come to salvation. You say a prayer with somebody, and it's, it's glorious. That's awesome. But what you didn't see was the mother crying, tears, sorrow filling her heart, praying for her son's salvation. What you didn't see was the father full of sorrow over his son and praying that God would just change him. See, the seed had been planted years ago and then watered and prayed for. And watered and prayed for. And you came along and you prayed to them and they accepted Christ and there was a harvest. Amen? Just because you plant the seed doesn't always mean you'll see the growth. But don't let that stop you from knowing that growth is on its way. Don't let that stop you from knowing growth is on its way. I want to tell you the short story of a man named Luke Short. The account of a man named Luke Short. Luke lived in Virginia during the beginning years of this nation. One day he was sitting under a hedge and thinking about a sermon that he had heard from a preacher that had uh, been there. Uh, I'm sorry, he was remembering a sermon by a preacher named John Flavel. John Flavel. Luke was 103 years old. True story. 103 years old. And as he sat there under that hedge, thinking about that sermon that he heard, he began to pray for forgiveness and pray for salvation. Three years later, Luke died at the ripened age of 106 years old. His tombstone had this epitaph. Here lies a babe in grace, aged three years, who died according to nature, aged 106. 106 years old. It's a beautiful story of God's grace coming to Luke in his older years. 
But that's not the fascinating part about it. As he was sitting under that hedge at 103 years old, he remembered the sermon by the preacher John Flavel. The preacher John Flavel preached that sermon to him 85 years before in England. Before he came over to the New World, before he settled in Virginia, before he sat under that hedge, it wasn't a year before, it wasn't 10 years before, it was 85 years before. Growth will come. (laughs) Growth will come. You might not see it, but it'll come. Have faith in the principles that God has set up. Amen? 85 years, wow. Nearly a century that passed. Hmm. Genesis 8 and verse 22 says this. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. God set up these principles. Have faith in him. Be encouraged this morning. Don't, don't get discouraged. Don't grow tired of what, do, what God has commanded you to do. Keep sowing the seed. Amen? Discouragement will come. You're going to want to quit. Hey, you're going to want to quit at some point. Discouragement's going to come. This is, the, this is the last point this morning. What do we do while we're waiting? First, water the seed. Amen? Second, have faith in the principles that God has set up. Third, keep sowing new seed. Just keep sowing seed. Just keep spreading the word. Galatians 6 and verse 9 says this. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Don't grow tired of what God has commanded you to do. Keep sowing the seed. In 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul is speaking about like the end of the end. He's talking about Christ returning. That after doing all the work and getting tired and getting discouraged, Paul gives them this exhortation in chapter 15 and verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Amen? Knowing that your labor is not in vain. You might never never see the growth, but know that it's coming. Through 85 years across oceans to a different continent, But yet, sitting under that hedge, Luke remembered the sermon. Luke remembered the seed that was sown. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning. Lord, we pray that you would give us opportunities this week to continue to sow seed. Sow seed to those around us in our lives and at our schools and our friends and our loved ones. Lord, that we would sow the seed. Lord, that we would sow the seed, that we would water the seed. Lord, that we would have faith in the principles that you have set up. 
Lord, this time between seed time and harvest, Lord, this waiting period, however long it would be, Lord, just comfort us. Give us patience. Lord, I pray over each person here this morning, Lord, that you would give us, Lord, give us the mindset of waiting on you. Lord, give us that mindset of just just slow down. Just to wait upon your presence. Lord, we wait upon you this morning. Lord, we wait upon you this morning. We just take a minute. We just take a little bit of time and just, just slow down. Say, I will wait for you, Jesus. You're the sun in my horizon. All my hopes in you, Jesus. I can see you now, horizon. Lord, we wait upon you this morning. I pray that you give us opportunities this week just to wait on you. A few minutes before we go to work, a few minutes at night, just take some time and just say, Lord, I'm going to wait upon you. I'm going to get into my word and get in my prayer closet and just wait for him. Lord, I pray over each person here this morning. Lord, that you would bless them. Lord, that you would keep them. Lord, that you would cause your face to shine down upon them. And Lord, that you would give them rest as they wait upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you. Have a great week. See you soon.